0: Welcome to Mint, the corner of where crypto meets the creator economy. My name is Adam Levy, and every Tuesday and Thursday, I'll be showing you how the creators of today are building the communities of tomorrow by harnessing the power of Web3. Before we kick off this episode, I wanted to recognize one of the NFT sponsors that's helping make Mint a reality. They are CyberConnect, a decentralized social graph protocol allowing users to own and control their social connections while providing a universal data layer backed by powerful social features to empower developers. Already with 150,000 users and 3 million connections, CyberConnect is the largest decentralized social graph supporting Ethereum, Binance Smart Chain, Nier, and Solana with more coming soon. To learn more, visit cyberconnect.me and start connecting with everyone in Web3. This episode welcomes Sydney Swift, an American entrepreneur and producer who co-founded intellectual property and creative development studio DeFi Entertainment. The studio develops virtual influencers, NFTs, songwriters, producers, campaigns, and shows. More recently, though, he's built a successful NFT project called Chill Pill, a meta star ranking in hundreds of thousands of monthly listeners worldwide. I'm really excited for this episode where we talk about community building. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Yeah. Sydney Swift, welcome to Mint. Thank you for being on. What's going on?
1: Uh, everything is good. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm thrilled to have you. Part of season five, bigger than Ellen, as I tell everybody. Uh, I think a good place to start, my friend, is uh, your way into crypto. Okay, I think it's, everybody has an interesting story. How did you get your start into crypto and I guess in music in general?
1: Uh, I, so start into crypto. Well, I'll, I'll start with the music. Uh, okay. just like always did that in high school. Um, you know, it, it was like a side, you know, I'd come home from school, you know, hang with my friends. We'd make beats and and rap and shit. I like started off as a rapper and then quickly realized that I, I was more of a behind the scenes kind of guy. Uh, So, yeah, just I got some internships. I'm originally from Florida. So, got a bunch of internships at some studios out there and lucked up, like right place, right time. Uh, Ended up interning at one of the studios called Hit Factory. That's like where Young Money, Cash Money was like kind of planted home base there. Um, So, I got to kind of like, you know, watch, you know, as Drake got signed, Nikki, Wayne was there. and then, yeah, just kind of, you know, worked my way uh, through the the grind uh, of an internship, getting coffees, sweeping floors. Um, And then one day, like, Jason Derulo was recording. And I was like, fuck it, this is my chance. So, like, I took all my beats and, like, I put them onto the computer uh, and then ran out. And then the next day, the producers that were working with him called me and was like, yo, were those your beats? And I was like, Bullshit. yeah. And, you and, yeah, you, you.
0: and I That's went into in
1: the studio and then like they like they were like all pissed off because like uh you know you're not supposed to like you know do that as an intern <laughs> or whatever, but like I was like fuck I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be waiting for another five years until you know my my shit happens. So uh it just ended up like he like like loved some of the beats recorded to them. Uh and then that was kind of like the initiation from going from intern to producer, uh, and then came out to LA. Um quickly after and like just worked with a bunch of artists, producers, songwriters, like, you know, we did uh Beyonce, we did uh Diplo, major laser, all that stuff. Um, and this did kind of like the music rounds for a couple of years. Um, and that was kind of also when I started dabbling into crypto, this was probably like 2010 ish, 2011. Um, and like, I just remember I Cause like back then weed wasn't legal. So like, it was like a, a, like a lightning bolt when like you could buy weed online to the silk road. So I I was like, Oh shit. Like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, you know, buy some weed with some Bitcoin on the silk road. So I had like, at one point I had probably like thousands of Bitcoin, but I'm sent, like, I'm just like buying grams off of the silk road with it. And then like, in hindsight now, like that shit, (laughs) I made those, those, uh, weed dealers incredibly wealthy. But yeah, that's, that was like my, my first start in the crypto. I, I remember having to like go from my apartment, and like in order to get bitcoin you had to like go to the bitcoin atm right you would drive down the street you'd go into like a walgreens would ha- had a bitcoin atm in it like you'd be doing like you felt like a super fucking hacker you know <laughs> like, like like crazy and then you come back and you have to redeposit all that shit so so yeah like it was like that's kind of like my forte into it and then um and then just did the music thing for a while and then around 2000 I don't know. I want to say like 2016, 2017 started to get mm-hmm. more into the tech side of things. Uh, Cause like, I was always into like the gorillas. I was always mm. into, uh, you know, like Quasimodo, like this, like idea of like digital, uh, digital artistry and like an- anonymity or anonymity, whatever the, whatever the word is. But, but yeah, I was like, I was like heavy into that and it was like a wide open door at the time. Like the gorillas like, you know, slowed down, like they, they popped off in the early two thousands, but it was like a wide open lane. So uh, we created this like virtual influencer in like 2016 called Chill Pill. Uh, we did a deal with Atlantic Records. Uh, we started dropping the project as like a Web 2 artist, you know, like, but we were way too early and like it, it, nobody understood what, what we were doing. Like, I would walk into meetings and, and be like, we have an artist who can w- do a world tour in one night. Like you do understand with like, like in the possibilities of that, like it takes Beyonce, you know, two years to do a world tour and generate like what she does. Like we could do it in one night. And like, so like I was always like into that, like, you know, how big this could possibly be, but I think we were way too early and everybody just kind of laughed me out the meetings in the beginning. Um, I mean, luckily Atlantic kind of like took a shot on us, but like what ended up happening was because I was a producer and songwriter, like I didn't need to spend a lot of the money uh that that we got f- for songs and beats and and studio time i already had all that so we spent all of it on like you know game developers and and devs and like it started experimenting in the metaverse back then and like at one point we had like a motion capture rig where like i could like do studio sessions as the character in mocap and invite people in like artists to admit. so like, it was like a bunch of shit but like we we're just having fun experimenting in the metaverse um and then, yeah, when NFT started popping off, it was just like a, a no brainer to like, you know, start to pivot into Mix like the two, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: So when you me. were when you were grabbing coffees for people and sweeping floors and doing a lot of the intern shit, like, did you Have learn anything from that? Floor, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the old the, the OG sweeping OG floors, troops. yes, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Did you the learn anything rock. from that? Did you did you take anything oh. away from that? It's you know, such a, and I I only ask because that's the intro for a lot of people getting into into an industry, right? Like entertainment, music, Hollywood, whatever.
1: Yeah, especially the entertainment industry. It's, yeah. it's different in tech, right? Just tech like you know?
0: You know how to code? Like, Come on in. Yeah,
1: exactly. But like, like yeah, in entertainment is different. But I I guess what it taught me was like, um, it 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 kind of like I. It's funny the way like studios usually worked back then was like you know you you would hire. 20 interns right and like by week two or three there'd be three people left you know because not many people want to do bitch work um you know and not get paid for it um so it kind of really quickly weeds out like who um who has what it takes uh like to like withstand all the like you know long nights in the studio and like the you know i mean the way artists work. I mean, sometimes I would get in the studio at 9 PM and we wouldn't leave till 9 AM, you know, and that's just the way creativity uh, works. So like, you kind of have to be prepared for like this, like grinding mentality of like, you know, you never know when inspiration is going to come. You want to be ready for it. And I think those, those early years kind of really like get you ready, uh, for like that lifestyle. Um, and it also like, I had so many people telling me like, and asking me like, yo, you're crazy. Like, why, why are you, why are you going to the studio for 12 hours a day and just sweeping, like not getting paid? Like, like you, you went to school for this. Like, why, why are you doing it for free? And like, I always just like, you know, I I always like tried to think about like the mentality of like, I would rather be sweeping a floor in like this studio, like, you know, than like getting paid to do it at, you know, somewhere where I don't want to be, you know, like, you know, so like, so I would just grind, bro. It'd be like during the day I would work nine to five during the night I would do the studio shit. And like, it was just, you know, just me like, just kind of like proving to myself, like that, like I had what it takes. Like I I was going to outwork everybody type shit, you know? And it, and that's really what I learned the most out of it.
0: You know, like sabotaging that environment and popping up your beats on the screen. That takes a lot of balls. Like, it takes a lot of uh, it takes a certain characteristic uh, to do something like that. What's your cultural background like? Where, where are your parents from? What, what's your what's your heritage? I only ask that because those traits, those like chutzpah trait, kind of like <laughs> I don't know. It gives me different vibes, and I'm curious. What, what's your cultural background?
1: Uh, I mean, like like I'm I'm you know from America. Like my my okay. parents uh, are are from America as well. But like my pops is Jewish, like from like the Russian descent side. Of there thing, it is. Like, there like, it like, is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like, we had like a little mixed, like, you know, mixed, uh, mixed heritage. And like, you know, I, I, I think like really where it came from was like, my pops is an entrepreneur at heart. And like, before even like, even, even like, um, music or anything, like I used to like go to the office, like, like, and, and watch how he works. And, like, he would grind from, like, nine, you know, to nine. And, like, you know, it, it was – I would I, so I got to experience early on, like, entrepreneurship and, like, you know, the idea of, like, you got to go for it, like, when you have a chance or else it could slip through the cracks and, like, you never get that chance again.
0: Right. Uh, and that,
1: that, that's always kind of been instilled in, like, you know, my DNA is just, like, I need to, like – like, I'm not going to wait, you know? I, I. you know, it's funny, too, you bring that up because it's, like, the – the biggest shifts in my life like and the moments that like take me from like point a to point b and like the next iteration of my story or whatever has always been like the culmination of like a moment in time when i have to like go way outside of my comfort zone and just say like right Fuck, do it like and you know 90 percent of people probably would like not do this but like i'm just gonna go for it and it usually if it doesn't pay off immediately, usually, like, in hindsight, it, it ends up like, oh, yeah, that's the decision led to this to led to that. And, like, you know, so it always works out in the end like that.
0: Yeah. No, I love it. So your, your vision 2016, way before NFTs existed to do this, like, meta star, this virtual character uh, that could travel the world in a day um, and create this, like, meta figure is very much fits in, in the context of NFTs, right? which kind of transitions me into when did you have that aha moment that this is the perfect medium to do what we envisioned back in 2016.
1: It's uh it's funny. You say that I, I know, uh, Brett is a well, you're doing an interview on Brett from launch house too. Right? Like,
0: yeah, and, like, he's going to be the on aha season moment five, was,
1: yeah. The aha moment was, was at launch house. Like
0: mm. it was like,
1: I had always been into NFTs and always into like crypto, but like, it wasn't until I went to launch house and like saw, other builders you know like it wasn't they weren't hidden behind the screen it was like right in front of my face everybody was like heavily invested in like not the like trading side of things but like the like potential of the tech and that's what i had always been interested in right coming from the entertainment world is like the the potential of what the underlying technology can do so like it was really like launch house that like to be like a hundred percent and like like i don't even know if brett knows this but like i got back from launch house and like converted my entire company from a web two company to a web three company. Wow. Like, like it ended up like literally, cause there was like, a, we had like, like probably like a 15, 20 person team. And you know, some of them were into NFTs. Some of them were against NFTs and I had to like train everybody. And like, it was just literally like, all right, like stop what you're doing. We're going through like a month of training. I'm going to like walk you through why this is important. And like, yeah, we, we literally like converted from that. Like, and, and it was, it was such a a great decision and it was, yeah, it really helps. The the,
0: the team members that were against it, why were they against it? What didn't they understand? What were they against? Um, What were some of the confusions that sparked you to come and be like, yo, there's an opportunity here.
1: So the main, it's funny you say that the main thing is the same confusion that most people have in, most fans have in music which is like the the environmental impact of of crypto like and that's first and foremost like everybody's go-to like well it's really bad for the environment like and and you know i it took it took me like laying out a whole like uh kind of like presentation explaining logic trail (laughs) exactly (laughs) explaining like yo the banking system takes up 10 times more like then then crypto does right now like like any transactions are doing like it's just like yeah. the presentation and the lobbying and all that sh- and the behind the scenes of like you know who benefits from what is 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 you know skewed right now but i and i also feel like it was me explaining to them like yo, like you know in the early days of the internet like every and any te- new technology right like it, it always starts with like innovation and like and then it and then it you know falls into place with like how that can adapt and scale over like to like everyday users so i think like right Right. now we're in that position where like like it it, everybody needs to be worrying like mostly about innovating and scaling this like you know then like rather than just being like well we're not going to touch it until it's ready like because then nobody's be building
0: right you know you bring up the concept you bring up the concept of a fan okay Uh, one of my questions for you is how do you think about the difference between a web two fan and a web three
1: fan? (laughs) Um, Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, I think the difference is, um, I, I, uh, Oh, that's such a good question. I mean, it's, it's, I like to think about it in terms of like web instead of web two, versus web three, I like to think of it in like incremental steps to get to web three. So it's like, you have a web two person and like that vertical is the person that like, is against NFTs, against crypto. They don't want to hear about it. They think it's a scam. They think it's bad for the environment. Like don't show that shit to me on my feed, right? Then you have a web 2.1, 2.2, 2.3, 2. 2 2. And like, and that web 2.5 progression yeah, the person that's like sitting in web 2.5 is like, okay, I'm not against it. I'm not for it. I need to learn more about it. Like, but I don't have the time to, you know, take that step. So like, and and then it's just about educating from web 2.5 to like, you know, the initial first, you know, moment when you like get a wallet and finally find your ground in web three, uh, past the point of like, you know, uh, once, you know, one purchase and then you're done. Like, to, 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 really cultivate that fan, like in, in the web three world. But I, I think it's more about like, like learning the demographic of which vertical you're dealing with at the time and then giving them what they need in order to eventually get to the web three mentality. Right. Because
0: mm-hmm.
1: people in web two, they like, like just like the employees that I, I had to like, you know, explain like this step one was like, you know, this is What you're you need to learn more. Let me explain to you this stuff. And then they got a little more open minded. And then it was like, okay, let me walk you through some of the lore and like some projects you like, and or or some projects I like. And why don't you go find some interesting product? Like, and like it was slowly weaving into them into it. But like, and so I think the only difference between the two is education, is is a, a thousand percent education. Like, and then and then as a as a business, once you identify the the type of fan that you're dealing with it, it's it goes back to the fundamentals of building a business which is like customer satisfaction so like whatever your product is whether it's music whether it's you know a protocol whether it's a data whatever it is like are your customers satisfied like right. so so yeah i think that whole thing right now is education right like yeah
0: yeah so so part of building that customer base in web3 we call it building a community right Um, and, uh, it's incredibly hard to build a community, but if it's done correctly, it's incredibly powerful. Um, and the hardest part for many creators is getting started. There's a lot of buzzwords that kind of get them stuck in the rabbit hole from understanding how everything kind of works together. But when it comes to actually building the community, it's a whole nother mountain to climb, right? How do I find my first 100 people that align with my vision? How can I bring them in a discord? mutually align them with incentives and get this entire ship rocking. How do you find your first 100 people to join your community? How did you do it? And what are some tips you can give to others?
1: Uh slow and steady. Okay. Slow and steady for the first 100. Like I think scaling it, you know I mean I mean if you if you break it down like up from a numbers game like f- going from 1 to 2 and going from you know 100 to 1000 is, is from a scale, from a scalability wise, it's, it's like the same kind of leap, you know, mm-hmm. 1000, like, like you're doubling your customer or whatever, like, you know, so like, you're growing it at, at, at an exponential rate. So like, you want to take the same kind of like thought every, like, every time you're like, t- I would say 10 X in your, your customer base. So going from like that first one person like and think about like how much it takes to like really convince one person, and then it's just tweaking and thinking like, okay, so how do I scale that a little bit to like move to one hundred people mm-hmm. right and then taking the time to tweak the approach and once you have that one hundred people it's it's scaling to a thousand, but like in the beginning it's it's about persistence and like pleasant persistence and like you know um like just making people feel feel emotions that are positive right that's all people ever want is just to feel good like and and they don't want to feel bad so it's like finding like those first 100 people and finding like what you how do you d- make people feel good the best what can you provide like for them um and then just doubling down on like that and like spending you know the majority of your of your existence like making sure that that your community feels good and is excited um, and is happy. And like, you know, it's funny because like I think like going through a couple drops on our yeah. own and learning like about community building through the, the whole process. I think that something that a lot of people forget, um, because it's easy to get wrapped up in the space and like what the like current trends are for the moment, but like I, I my one of my big beliefs right now um is you know I have a shirt that says expectations minus reality equals happiness. Right? And like I kind of am like I that's like my mantra going into like communities that I'm joining, you mm-hmm. know, NFT projects that I believe in, like like everything, like because at the end of the day, if I have no expectations and then you and then you beat them i'm ha- it's a good like i'm happy as a customer right or, like right. and if, if you don't then you know i'm i'm upset or if expectations are different than what i assumed they would be you know so it's like finding that way to like cultivate customers or community or whatever you want to call it like, cultivate that community to like not have expectations but just be there for the cause and the mission and the people you know and the like truly be there for the community because then, when you start to sprinkle in utility, you start to sprinkle in expectations. Like it's like, oh my god, I'm so surprised! I, I didn't know they could pull that shit off, you know. And that, and, and now that's how you start to grow and develop. And I think that that's the most exciting, like, like one of the most exciting parts about like the spa- the time. Like I know it sucks because like we're in like a, a downtrend and like the market's crazy right now, obviously. But it's really interesting that it, like how much recalibration is happening from. Mm. St- strategy of collections and like not just collections of nfts but like just like all companies are just re-strategizing on like the promises they're delivering on like you know the types of fans and communities they want to it, like you know associate with or or the types of, of of like you know activations that they're doing and like i th- i think that like it's the a recalibration is really healthy because we got to a point where it's just like you know every other every other project was like building a metaverse you know like eventually <laughs> you know and like that's like a huge that's a huge
0: that's you know, so like funny that. you bring that up because the default thing that many projects do once they build their 10k collective is they just assume everybody just wants a metaverse next and that's where their energy goes towards and it always struck me as like the second meta came out with their metaverse rebrand right Everybody kind of flipped and like, all right, this is the future. Like, this is what we're building towards. This is what we're doing. This is where we're going. And everybody's going to want that. And it like, it makes me think like, does everybody want a metaverse? You know, do, do, how many metaverses do we need? Like, how many worlds do we need to take our PFP project through? I don't play games. Like I may not be the right user. I don't, I don't spend time through these virtual worlds. I saw some of the snippets from the board of yacht club game as well that were trending on, on crypto Twitter. And I don't know. I don't see myself like spending an hour, two hours, three hours a day, just like doing W A S D and just like walking around this metaverse. Like just, just chilling on my, you know what I mean? I yep. don't see it. I don't I, see it.
1: I agree. I agree. I think it's like going back to like, what does your community want? What is your customer? Right. Want? Like, and, and like, it's interesting. Cause like when you do say things like, you know, we're building a metaverse, it's like, it's really interesting. Like to see the difference in like, are, are, are the community members there because they want to play the metaverse game? Or are they there because they think that if you build a metaverse, your NFT will go up in value mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. they can flip. So it's like, by, by simply ha- stating that, sh- like you kind of are attract, you're attracting the kind of that type of customer that has expectations for what that is going to do for your collection. So it's like you like, for me, like finding the right, finding the right customer basis, you know, and like and letting the product. And I hate to talk about it in like web 2 terms. Like it's like because I, I always go back and forth with my marketing director too. I like, you know, do we say it's like a community manager or do we say it's like a customer experience, you know, director? Like what there's no difference, you know, except like a community manager does social media, but everything's mer- merging right now. So like at the end of the day, it's just like what do your customers want? Premint what do your customers want post mint? And if you can align those two, where you're finding the right customers pre mint and then delivering post mint, you, you knock it out the park, you know? And like, you know, if, if those don't align, then you find yourself in like a really interesting.
0: What's up guys? Adam Levy here. Sorry for the quick pause, but I wanted to recognize a couple of our NFT sponsors who are helping make this episode a reality. They are CoinVise and Mint Songs. First up, on CoinVise, you can create a personal or community-owned social token on Ethereum. CoinVise also helps you create incentives through token rewards and bounties, NFT business models, and bot integrations for Discord. Discover more by visiting coinvise.co today. Next up, we've got Mint Songs, a community curated marketplace for one of one music NFTs minted on Ethereum. Mint Songs connects music lovers and collectors with artists that want to build unique one-to-one relationships with their fans through music. To join as an artist, you will need to be invited by an existing artist or an existing collector within the Mint Songs community. Check out the artist pioneering the future of Web3 Music today by visiting mintsongs.com. All right, back to the episode. The strategies, the funnels, the underpromise, over deliver, these things that have won the 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 hearts of people in web two, it's just rebranded with new keywords in web three. That's yep. that's just it's that's just awesome. what it is. Uh, people still want to feel a part about something, p- feel a part of something that hasn't changed. Web three hasn't changed that. Web3 has maybe solidified that even more with 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 better incentives, right? Uh, the product is the NFT. The product, we are the product, right? But we're we're building collectively amongst each other in this through this new medium you know so i really i really resonate with a a lot what you say and it's funny you bring up the metaverse stuff because i think everybody is just hoping that meta acquires them for something because they're building a metaverse (laughs) and and they're hoping that i don't know what the strategy is honestly i don't i don't know what the strategy is but (laughs) to assume assume that everybody wants to build it like everybody wants a metaverse because we've been living in the metaverse we've been living in the metaverse since 2008 since instagram was alive twitter TikTok, we live online right meta just rebranded to meta so that they can sell more oculus right like that's that's the whole angle over here and and i don't know i'm going on a rant right now i'm going to shut up
1: i (laughs) I, I agree with you a thousand percent like the meta like i think people like i I think people forget like the macro term of metaverse is just like it it, it's the internet with web3 technology you know so it's interoperable like that's it it's like an interoperable internet like and like You know, so like, on the grand scheme of things, like, you know, Twitter is the metaverse right now. You know, like,
0: one hundred percent,
1: Discord is the metaverse, like, one hundred percent. And so, like, I think, like, that's why Goblins nailed it, man. Goblins fucking nailed it because, like, they realize that they don't need to build a metaverse; it already exists. So, how do we just give that experience of a metaverse across all the all of our metaverse platforms that we're already in through, like, through Discord, through Twitter, through the smart contract, like? wherever you turn, you're still in the world of that brand, you know? So you're still in their metaverse, which is a really meta thing to say. Like if you scale that out, but like, like that's, that's kind of like where I, th- I feel like, you know, we're about to start shifting to is like, you know, the realization that like, yo, if the metaverse already exists, we don't need to build one. We can build a better iteration of it, but like mm-hmm. where you should do it, where your customers are already living. You notice, know and not yeah. just like yeah. you know, yeah. you know,
0: I, I yeah. So that's that's. Yeah, kind of my I hear you, bro. I hear you. We're we're on the same page. You know, you talked about like marketing directors, community managers. My next question to you is, what goes into? I guess, uh, like, what are the traits, for example, of a great community manager? What does that entail?
1: Huh. Uh, so much. Um, give it,
0: give it to me in like a a five point breakdown, three to five point breakdown. If you're able yeah, to
1: like a a good community manager um, is a organizer. Like I think in terms of like a like the people organizer, um, like it has the traits of like a founder or a politician. And I don't mean like the bad parts of a politician, but I mean like the, the, the parts of a politician where like you can get in front of people and say your mission and, and people like, want to rally behind it. Um, and I think a community manager, you know, has those traits of, a, of like leadership, um, in the form of like extroverted leadership. Um, and then I think like a, a good community found, I mean, shit, like now I'm talking it out loud, like a good community founder is like, a good, good community manager is a good founder, you know? And, and I think that like, um, I, I think yeah, like you know, rallying people behind like a cause. Um, what else? I think I, like
0: I, like what I, what I, are some of like the soft skills, for example? Because right now in crypto, the two most in demand uh, types of people are developers and community managers, right? Developers, that's not my wheelhouse. I don't know what goes into finding a great developer, but I I, have, I feel like I have a good sense of what entails. What traits kind of like a, comprise a strong community manager? But you run a community. You guys have hundreds of thousands of people listening to the chill pill music that you've kind of created this 9,999 PFP community around, right? And it's no easy feat. Like those are thousands of people that have incentives aligned with the success of what you built, Sydney. And on top of that, everybody that listens to that on Spotify and Apple Music, etc., also align with that so it's 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 less maybe about having what goes into a great discord moderator right but it's also kind of like managing the entire brand as a whole because the people who listen on spotify are also part of your community right and probably the people who also hold your your collectibles also listen to the music but probably not everybody who listens to the music hold the collectibles. so there's an interesting like mix over here of sure you don't want to get too lost in the sauce of what happens in discord because there's more to this community beyond a few servers. Right. Yeah. So I, uh, I I guess like, cause you, you've built companies, you have people working for you, you, you started projects, you had this vision for this meta character, you know, this meta star. And yeah, I guess, I guess like bringing it all together. I mean, it's a, it's a founder's point of view. So maybe you can take it from the point of what goes into a, a great founder, I guess, in web three.
1: Yeah. I, it yeah, exactly. I mean, like you nailed it. Like, you know, the community does not just live on discord, like, and, you know, like, like going back to the other old point, like, you know, the metaverse is wherever your customer is at that time, you know, digitally. So a, a good community manager, like is, is somebody who can identify uh, what is reacting, what what the community is reacting to um, and give the community the tools to build off of what they're reacting to the most and then identifying the leaders um, within the community and their superpowers and then in enabling them or incentivizing them to rally their subsection and their superpowers of the community, you know? So like a, a good example is like, you know, we have a music community manager, uh, Joe, who's incredible. Joe was a Chill Pill fan before we even were an NFT. Uh, we're, we're an NFT project. He was like, you know, always commenting on our stuff. He was doing what a social media manager should be doing on the on the daily, right? Like commenting on stuff, responding, retweeting, all that. And then, like when we went to we went to a, a studio called the Record Plant. The month before we minted, and did like a lot because we were like, how are we going to dox ourselves? Like, how people are going to understand like that? Like, this NFT equals music. So like, we kind of like planted our our you know our project in a a major music studio and said like, yo, everybody come through. Like, this is where our home base is. And on one like early on in like one of the Twitter spaces, we were talking about you know music and all this you know what the project is means to us and everything. And Joe started talking. Uh, about how excited he was And how like he's been following this and whatever And somehow I don't exactly remember What the, led to this But like it ended up the conversation Going to like yo why don't you fly Out to the studio and like come hang Out with us because you've just been so like Down and like a, such a big believer in this project From the jump so he was like Yeah let's go like if you guys if you guys get If I have a couch to stay on like Let, let me know and I'll come fly so he flew out And ended up like you know, being there during like the sellout, hanging out with us, like, you know, ingraining himself into the community. And then like, you know, post mint, you know, we I I saw that like the majority of um the majority of the community was like craving more music activations, more listening sessions, more of that, you know, that vertical. Um and it just like it just like made sense like that Joe was already doing that. He already believed in the project. He loved it. So like, we were like, Joe, Joe, do you want to run like the music community side of things? And he like, he's been killing it. He's been, he he hosts community songwriting sessions on discord and Twitter, where we'll have like a thousand people like come in and write one song together, you know, and, and Mm -hmm. he runs all those events. He like runs the listening sessions, the beat battles, like, like like we we'll, like we have like just so many music like focused activations and he runs them all, and and then what and and then he's so good at like also like like he'll recognize somebody's like a really dope producer out of the crew and then he'll be like yo like why don't I you know why don't I do like let you handle uh the next couple you know music production sessions you know and starts to empower the the people that like him are like involved in the community from the jump and like do it naturally. And I think that's, that's the best community managers are the the people that are excited about the project, believe in the project a thousand percent, they live, eat and breathe community and the project's mission. And then they are able to organize people and give them, you know, the tool sets that they need to take the brand and run with it. And like, you know it, i mean that's that's a bu- that's a beautiful part yeah. about web3 like, that we're building it all together so like you know like it, it, you know somebody somebody can submit to us a song um or an idea for a song and then we can go to the other producers and be like yo like do you got just this do you guys want to work on this song and then they send it back to us and then we send it to our artists and then the artists make some stuff with it so it's just like, like you know interactivity within the community and like the one person driving that needs to be the community manager like and it needs to be so uh like like I said, live, eat, breathe community, which yeah. is like an incredible uh an incredible personality trait to have, right? Is like being that kind of always on person.
0: Yeah. I think Sydney, I think I completely agree with you. I have a different take. I think the best community managers don't manage communities. They empower others to create sub-communities. And within that, Exactly. People congregate independently and I have a great example. Okay. Great example is Lady Gaga is probably one of the best community managers ever alive. Why? Yep. Because look at how many people created sub communities just on Lady Gaga. I'm looking on Facebook groups for everybody that's listening on, on audio only. Right. But you have 51,000 members, 21,000 members, people posting 10 plus things a day. They organize independently. And this is without incentives, Right. This is without aligned incentives to see the success of Lady Gaga. They're just doing it because they love Lady Gaga because they align with her why. They align with her purpose. And through that, they create sub-communities and they find other people that align with their why and their purpose. So I think the best community managers don't actually manage communities. They empower others to create subcommunities around their purpose. I think that's what it, I think that that's what it comes down to. Because this right here, this is an army. This is a fucking army that I'm that I'm scrolling through right now, right? This is something that. Not one individual person can create on their own. Can manage Lady Gaga exactly. cannot manage all these people. It has to come from within the person, right? And it has to be I, empowered I, I, through independence. We're
1: on the same page, a thousand percent. Yeah. Like, like especially if you want a community to scale, right? Because like you, you need to figure out the ways in which, like, I mean, everybody's different, and like, like you nailed it, like sub communities inside of the generalized brand. Like, you know, going back to like Lady Gaga or even Nike, you know, like there are runners there are basketball player like they're athletes within but you need you need people that are excited about those sub those sub genres. Yeah. you know within it yeah a thousand percent. you
0: know it, it comes also Fletsy, from a technical and feature point of view sub communities can form based off rarity traits right let's talk about board ape for a second okay so you have the golden apes you have the the, uh, the board, like the, the one type of facial expression ape, you have all these different variations and all of them kind of congregate, congregate together. For punks, you have the purple hat groups, you have the, the 3D eyes, right? Uh, not the 3D lenses, glasses, right? You have all these sub type of features that people can independently form a collective around without there needing to be a community manager, right? They find alignment within the features and the rarity traits that kind of bond them together and they have aligned incentives that take them all the way to the top or to the bottom. You know, and I think that's the most interesting part about a bear market too, because the bear market, it destroys all the noise. It weaves in quality over quantity, right? And with that, when you're going through cycles and you're going through the when the highs are highs, the highs are fucking high. You're celebrating what but when the lows they can get pretty low, and that's when you get really tight. Like that's when the bond it solidifies. Right, and I remember back in season one of the podcast, I had Dave, Dave uh, from Playcoin, okay, a social token project. Okay, it has more liquidity, it fluctuates. I think more than the general typical NFT. Um, And he was saying, he's like, my community got the strongest in a bear market, and it weaved out all the bullshitters who were just here to flip and fuck around with our token. And we really, we, we, we stood and stuck with our purpose during the bear market and these low prices allowed us to solidify that energy internally. Right. Yep. And, um, what I'm trying to say is that bear markets are beautiful. Bear markets are good. (laughs) They're great for (laughs) communities. You know, that's, that's a takeaway from this monologue that I just gave.
1: (laughs) I I agree a thousand percent, man. Like it's like, uh, don't get me wrong. It sucks to get wrecked. And like, like I'm not. I'm not endorsing. I, mean, I know you're not either endorsing like yeah. <laughs> nah, even,
0: <don't> get, yeah. <laughs>
1: lot more of that, but I, I do agree with you in the sense that like, like you, you need consolidation or else like, like there's n- no world in which we live, like where <laughs> crypto consistently rises forever and there's never a red day or there's never like, you need the yin and yang in order to, in order to even make there be a good and a bad. Right. So like I think that like what like if you're presenting like the glass half full version of this bear market, it's exactly what you said, which is you you really get to see who's here for the reasons other than making a quick buck, flipping you know flipping NFTs or in and out. Like you really get to see who's who's down for the mission behind uh, everything, you know. And, yeah. and I mean, and that and that sentiment travels like through web2 and web3 right is like you you need even when you're building a company like you want the company culture is everything and it's like now with the nfts and and, and in web3 it's like the community culture is everything so it's 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 really just scaled that whole idea it's it's exciting yeah yeah but another thing you want to ta-
0: <laughs> yeah another thing i want to talk to you about is um it's very much up your alley and very much on the theme of of chill pill is where music music meets web3 okay um in the last four or five six months things have gone out of control we're seeing a wave of creativity of music artists just entering into the space finding their their creative liberation finding new collectors building true fans etc um, with aligned incentives what are, what are your thoughts on this entire movement like what's your thesis on the entire like music nft movement right and you can take this also, and I'd love for you to take it from your lessons learned working in web two music, and how that's kind of like led you on the path to web three music as well. You know, I'd, I'd be curious to hear different takes on that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I like, like from my experience, um, until you hit a certain threshold in web two world of music, or any, I think it's any web two world of entertainment, like it is really hard to make a living. Um, You know, I, I, I mean, just from personal experience, like I, you know, I, I will make, you know, 10,000 beats, you know, or I'll spend that 10,000 hours making beats and, you know, a successful producer or songwriter maybe gets, you know, a couple cuts a year, if that, you know, the, the, the 1% of the 1% are getting, you know, hitting every album, but like Mm -hmm. the majority of successful producers and songwriters in the space, like, uh, you know, they get a a cut here, they get it on this album, this album, but like, it's no more than five, you know, cuts, 10 cuts. So like, if that's the, if that's the majority uh, of, of what drives the ecosystem, like the other 900 the other 9999 hours spent making music is is just there like just sitting there like you know and like you're you're not it's really really hard to monetize that you know and that's that's talking about the 1% of people that actually do get the cuts like there's the 99% of people who like are trying to get to that 1% it's like so the 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 grind for any kind of creative industry is it is incredibly difficult to like make a living out of. And so like, I think web three changes that model 1000%. And it like gives all the power back to the creative to, you know, to make things, um, of value for their audience immediately. Um, and, and monetize the entire experience rather than just like, you know, the end product of like a song going to market, you know, like something that we're working on is, is a, is a plugin, uh, an audio plugin, which is like, you know, when you're making music, you use plugins to like either do sounds or make reverbs Mm -hmm. or whatever. So we're making one. Um, and it's going to be like the first, you know, community made plugin by the community for the community. We're gonna, um, we're gonna, we're gonna launch that probably in the next, like a couple months. Um, well probably sooner than later and then and and the idea behind it is like you know we want one to give our community um access to the code base for the plugin so they can build on top of it and like talk about you know sub communities like you know if you if you're into music and you're into coding you get to play around with this you know this plugin that we like kind of started for the community and build on top of it add new reverb add new delays add new synths like and and the big vision for it is. Token gate it so that there's a well token gate it for the for the coders and then create like a some kind of internal staking mechanism where like you can earn crypto as you're cr- using the plugin and creating the music mm. so like getting paid for the ten thousand hours that like you know you're working you're actually generating income from it um, and and like so like things like that where like crypto. In, in pow- and, and web three empower like creatives to have opportunities that they like normally wouldn't have had um, with the old model, you know, and the old systems at play, you know, even just artists, just being able to like, you know, sell an NFT for one ETH, you know, like one, I mean, not now, not now, but like previously, like, you know, before the bear, like when, when ETH was at 4k one ETH equaled the same amount as one million streams and that's if you own a hundred percent of the song and ma- the majority of songs have co-writers and co-producers right. who work together so like you know if you if you have a million streams and you have a band of four you're only making a thousand dollars per per stream and then that's not even counting like you know management fees and in, like you know uh label fees and all that shit so like there is not a lot of money in streaming so like there like I think like the interesting part about going direct to consumer is that like you can begin to web three artists can begin to target the web three vertical and monetize immediately instead of having to wait for their song to hit a million streams and then Spotify to pay the label and then the label to pay the artist nine months later, you know, like that's an unrealistic funnel. So I, yeah, I, I think that, currently it's, it's an incredible opportunity to get into for, for artists and, and dude, like, I mean, shit over the next couple of years, it's even, it's going to get even crazier. Like, like, I I think very quickly, uh, artists are going to realize, um, that they, that they don't need these labels, you know, especially labels that don't adapt to this new tech and like include it and like help them use it, you know? So yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's exciting.
0: I think that's a that's a mic drop moment right there. Before I let you go, man, where can we find you? Where can we find more of the project? Uh, show it away.
1: Uh, at Sydney Swift is my Twitter. The project is uh, Chill Pill, or it's at I am Chill Pill. Um, I think it's yeah at, at I am Chill Pill on Twitter. Um, yeah, that's like that's you know where you can where we live the most. You know, from there you can kind of explore. All of the different shit we got going on.
0: Sick. Amazing, dude. Thank you so much. We'll we'll have to do this again soon.
1: Yeah, dude. I'm excited. Let's let's I mean I'll see you in NFT NYC, right?
0: I'll see you, yes, sir. Let's do it. Congratulations on making it this far into the episode. You are a champ, and because of that, I want to say thank you by giving you a free participation NFT. You can claim yours today by visiting AdamLevy.io forward slash NFT. Follow the steps on your screen, you'll be good to go. Also, depending on which platform you're listening on, be sure to like, subscribe, comment, share, favorite, etc. It really helps grow the platform and our reach online. And last but not least, I want to give some love and recognize one of our NFT sponsors who's helping make this episode a reality. They are Cyber Connect, a decentralized social graph protocol allowing users to own and control their social connections while providing a universal data layer backed by powerful social features to empower developers. Already with 150,000 users and 3 million connections, CyberConnect is the largest decentralized social graph supporting Ethereum, Binance Smart Chain, Near, and Solana, with more coming soon. To learn more, visit cyberconnect.me and start connecting with everyone in Web3. Yes, sir.
1: Let's do it.